right, so we're recording a new episode of the Q Chat, and today I'm really excited. I have my special guest. Her name is Miss Deirdre Smith, and she is on Instagram as the Entrepreneurial Chick. And as anyone knows who's listened to um, some episodes of the Q Chat, I'm really huge on entrepreneurship. I do have my business, which of course stemmed the whole Q Chat podcast to build the whole Gold Queen brand. So today, Miss Deirdre and I we're just going to talk about women in business and some tips about entrepreneurship. So um, I want to go ahead and give her the floor um, and I want to introduce Miss Deirdre Smith. Hi, how are you today? Awesome. So um, Deirdre, how long have you been in business? So I started my business uh, in 2009. My first business started March 2009. What business was that? Uh, When I first started, I started off a business called the HR Office Solutions. I thought I would be doing like more like HR, helping people find jobs, um, helping businesses with like HR, different things. Um, and it ended up turning into a contract with uh, the government. Mm. Uh, they, they hired me to um, help people who are disabled to find jobs, to be an employment counselor, to keep tracking them and to help them get them off a of disability. So that's how my business first started with that. What made you decide to go into business for yourself? I always wanted to have my own business. I hate working for people. <laughs> um, and when once I had my children, like I was that mom who wanted to always you know, just be there with them and watch them grow up. And, you know, when they become teenagers, they get in trouble. Just wanted to be there for them. So I would find jobs where I would work from home. So I started doing work like um, management. Uh, I would be like outside sales or um, management of stores. I worked for like Bronner Brothers. I worked for Dr. Dr. Miracle. I worked for AT&T. And all my jobs, I worked from home. The companies would be in other states, but I would work from my home out of the home office for these companies. Mm-hmm. And as I did that, I would kind of like learn like different things they did, especially when we had corporate meetings. Um, you know, I had to keep paperwork. I had to you know stay organized. I just learned different things from them on what I needed to do to kind of run my own business and my own home office. So I did try to open up several different businesses before HR Office Solutions, but none of them came to fruition. Hmm. Okay. So what was your journey after the other ones that you said that you tried to open that didn't come into fruition? What was like your next plan, like your plan B? So, well, I I, I just kept trying to start, first I tried to start like a medical billing company because I used to be a medical secretary and that didn't go well. Um, then I tried to do like a um, a restaurant book and I was living in Virginia at the time. It was a lot of restaurants and um it was like a company that was on plan to help me get it off the floor, but it did not work out. But in the meantime, I still kept working like the outside um, um, business management jobs I had of the stores. Because what my job was with all those companies, I had management over like stores like Walmart, um, like the little Sally's, the hair stores when I worked for Brother Brothers and Dr. Miracle. When I worked for AT&T, I had to go and deal with big businesses and sell to them. So I was always dealing in corporate or with, you know, business. So I still was like just trying to figure out what my next step would be and how I would um, start my business. And while I was doing this, I was also helping people on the side, Mm. helping them find jobs, showing them how to find work from home jobs. That I was doing the whole time while I was still working for other companies and figuring out what my next step was going to be. That's great. So I know like, and that's funny because we have like similar backgrounds then because I know like people that may follow my Instagram page, they see like the whole gold queen that started last year, which I can't believe is almost a year actually. Um, I actually started that in March, but um, of 2019. So a year really flies, but Prior to getting into shirts and apparel, things of that nature, about maybe eight years ago, I was kind of in the same situation. I had small, way smaller children at the time, and I was that stay-at-home mom. Like, I had to be involved in everything. Um, I was at the school almost every day, volunteering, things of that nature. One time, I was at the school so much, the teacher gave me a gift card at the end of the year, because that's how much <laughs> I was there. 
So, and one of my children was like maybe, he was a toddler and he had some slight special needs. So I also wasn't comfortable with anyone else watching him. So I started a business 10 years ago at the time, you know, to just afford me to have that time with the kids. Um, I think, do you think that a lot of women that start, that go into business, are, is that one of the reasons why they tend to want to have that independence, you know, that freedom, because they're simply, you know, moms trying to juggle working and being a mother? I think so. Also, two things, some of it too stem from maybe the way people were raised, because I know I came out of a household of my mom. She was a very independent woman. She, you know, had a job. And she raised us to kind of stand our own two feet, to speak up for ourselves, you know, to question everything. Mm. You know, she kind of, and we were poor. When I say we were poor, we were poor. We we, we, we didn't get food stamps and stuff, but we was poor. For snack, we used to eat, like, um, toasted bread with cinnamon and butter. That was a snack. But yet, we got to go to plays. We went traveling to go to all the theme parks. We would, our dad and mom would take us, like, to go visit other states, to visit our aunt and uncle. So we had a very cultured life That's for nice. poor people. Which it just made me, as my kids was growing up, I know I wanted more. Right. Working for somebody, making a little bit of money wasn't enough for me. I wanted more. I wanted my kids to be able to have more. And I wanted them to learn how to be on their own. And several of my kids do have their own businesses, too. Oh, that's wonderful. How old are your children now? Um, The youngest is 21. The oldest is 33. Okay. I have six kids. Okay. Oh, wow. That is wonderful. Did you do it as a single mother? Pretty much as a single mom. I was married, but I raised my kids alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can raise my hand on that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same thing over here. So, um, another thing, like, you know, I'm really big on entrepreneurship. Um, like I was mentioning, I had the prior business, like, when my little son, who's now 11, um, when he was a toddler. So, he was only, like, maybe one years old, I'd started doing mobile spa parties and that actually took off. Like I was doing event planning and it was centered around children. (laughs) That was my whole life at the time, you know, immersed with small kids. Um, And that went really well. Once I found myself as a single mother, um, I had to, at the time, start working eventually for an employer, you know, and it was the pits because for so many reasons, number one, being a mom and working was rough because it seemed like, cause I have three children every other day, someone was sick. Someone needed a, right. me, to, me to come home. Someone needed me to come to the school, you know, you name it. And I'm sure a lot of employers I had were like, Oh my God, you know, like every other day is something new, you know, with her. And I also have um, a few health issues and it just got to the point where I'm like, for practical reasons, I really was longing the days where I worked for myself um, the last year or so, I just kind of got to the point where I was really tired of being drained over my job because I felt like I was helping other people. And I've said this in past podcast episodes. I felt like I was helping rich white men live their dreams, you know, as an employer. And I'm like, I don't really want to have this level of stress for something that doesn't belong to me. And I'm not saying that that's the attitude that everyone should have, but that's just how I started to feel, you know, because I'm like, I really want to go back to being independent. So I also mentioned, off, you know, off recording, there's this awesome Netflix documentary entitled She Did That, and it's about black female entrepreneurs and CEOs, which is great. And one thing I learned from watching it, it's said that um, African-American women are currently the fastest group of entrepreneurs in the country, which I thought was, wow. yeah, I thought that was extremely fascinating. So I, I have been following your page, which is really cool, which is how we connected. And you give like a lot of tidbits, I feel like things to kind of help motivate and also things to kind of think about. What do you find is like the hardest part, though, just in the beginning stages when you go into business, which, as you know, like it's a lot of work. But what do you find is like the hardest things at first when you're first starting off and trying to, you know, jump into the whole entrepreneurship ring, you know, and start your own business? What do you think is one of the biggest difficulties and hurdles at first? I feel like for some people... If things don't go as smoothly as they, as they expect it, they think it's a failure. And so they just can't get past that and continue. Um, and I'll give you an example. Like I've been um, one business that I, I actually launched a new business, but I had a lot of hurdles with this business. I had someone 
tried to uh, scam me for money, like and take the money because they said they built the site, they lied and said they built it correctly. I had to hire another developer. Um, just a lot of stuff happened with it, but I still didn't give up on it. And and then the business is actually taking a turn in another direction that I didn't expect it. So with this business, I end up um, uh, starting my own jury line of Sterling Silver Jury. I didn't know that was going to happen to put it on there. And uh, one entrepreneur who I know, she invited me out with her to do a vending event. Because she said, you sell jewelry, come, you know, come and sell your jewelry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really, vending? And that, see, that's not my thing. And I feel like every entrepreneur should be open to learn more things. So since she knows what she's doing, I went and I followed her out. And I felt like, oh, wow. So instead of giving up on the business, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I found another way to get it out there. And to still continue, continue pursuing building this business because people give up so it's hard. They give up so fast, mm. or they feel like they don't have enough money, right. or I need this big amount of money to get started. Some businesses you don't even really need a lot of money to get started. I agree. That's I know true. my first business. I, I started with I didn't start with a lot of money, but I got started. And in, in the first year, the first year I, I probably made like uh, maybe fifty grand. But then after that, I was making six figures. And so mm-hmm. it's like you have to keep pushing forward and you'll be able to do it. But you have to get past that hump. It's really a hump. Right. I think a lot of it is just all in your mind, you know, and that's the thing. I think one of the biggest misconceptions, too, when people decide to start their own business and there to me, there's two types of entrepreneurs. There's this, there's some that, you know, they have to keep their nine to five. And there's the others that say, screw this. I'm just going to step out on faith and, you know, walk away from your full-time job. But one of the biggest misconceptions, whichever group you're in, I think some people think when you start your own business, you're going to have more time than you had when you work for the employer. For me, it's been the exact opposite. I feel like I work 24-7. Like, if I'm not asleep, I'm working, you know? Um, And it's just funny. Like it just literally dawned on me today. I'm like, you know, I'm really exhausted. Like I'm working 24 seven. Um, mm-hmm. but mind you, once again, it's, to me, it's just a part of the choice to work for yourself. I mean, anything worth having mm-hmm. is trying, but you do have to have the willpower I feel to stick with it. And I do agree. I think sometimes people don't look as far ahead as they should. There's, I don't think there's any perfect business that just started out where, you know, you just automatically wake up in the morning and you start making a ton of money. Like, that's not even, you know, how it goes. But if you put in a lot of time and effort, I feel like anything is possible. But I definitely think that's one of the biggest hurdles, you know, is just sticking with it and giving things some time. And mind you, not every business works out, but I think you just still have to put in a lot of the time, you know, to make it work. And speaking of time, and like we just mentioned, like I personally feel like, like I said, I work 24 seven. If I'm not asleep, I'm working. Um, even if the the rare moments where I do get some level of leisure time, which is not often, I'm thinking about, oh, I really need to be doing this. You know, I'm looking at my phone or just, you know, like it's just part of my workaholic nature. But do you have any advice for just having a good, balance because we all need to take time to rest, you know, just physically, mentally. Do you have any like tips on just how to balance your work life? I know that what what I had to do because I have fibromyalgia and um I have some food allergies. So I know with fibromyalgia, I don't know if you know about it, with it, if you overwork yourself or if you do too much you could be laid out in the bed for like days, weeks. Some people can't even get out of the bed with it. Mm. But I've always been very active because I had children, so I had no choice but to get up and move around. So I had to set I set a schedule because I even do volunteer work. I do volunteer work 70 hours a month. Mm-hmm. So I set a schedule for days that I do that. I set a schedule for days that I work. But like you said, with our work, sometimes we are working all the time. So there will be other things that come up that I have to do, you know, outside of my schedule. But I set aside time for myself where I say, today, I'm resting. Mm. Or this for this couple of hours, I'm resting. Because if you don't rest, you can't function well. You can't run your business well. Well, you can't put your all into it. People think you got to work, you know, all the time and you can't sleep until you made this amount of money. Okay, well, then guess what? You can't spend that money if you're dead either. That is a good so, point. Your body has to rest. 
you eat, I look at Instagram and I see so many, so many things of this bad advice that people give out about work. Yeah, don't, you know, don't rest until you've made money. Um, other stuff that they'll tell people you can make money fast. All that stuff is false. Right. And that's why on my page, I feel like I try to give real advice or real stuff because I feel like, you know, in this, in this world we live in today, trying to work and make money is not the easiest thing, but you can take your gift. Everybody has a gift mm -hmm. and you can use it and you can make money. Right. You just got to figure it out. Right. And that's what I do on the side sometimes. And I do it for free. Everybody says to charge people, but it don't work out charging people. I help people start businesses. I help them with ideas. I help them take, you know, take their business to the next level or think of how they can like, you know, expand or whatever they can do. And so people just need to learn how to just sit back, and like you said, make a schedule, um, learn how to, you know, figure out how to take their business to the next level and stop following so, so much bad advice. It's just so much bad advice out there. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to say the name of this celebrity, but this particular celebrity, he had a video saying, you know, he only gets like three hours of sleep and some of y'all missing opportunities because your ass is sleeping. And... When I watched it, I was like, you know, I respect his hustle, but I got to sleep, you know, like, I'm sorry, you know, and I've had moments where I'm like, you know, I'm tired and I do need to take some time to rest. I mean, that's literally what I'm struggling with right now. And I totally agree with you. There has to be a fine line, you know, where you set schedules and get some organization going, you know, because that's a misconception. And I think some people do have that misconception that you're supposed to. Like I said, I'm personally working a lot. I'm not giving that advice saying, oh, you're supposed to work sun up, sun down. No, you're not. Like, and I totally acknowledge no. that, too. Um, and that's and don't you want to enjoy the fruits of your labor? Like, okay, if you work hard, don't you want to, like, be able to take a vacation and you work? So let me go and take a vacation and relax and then come back and you're refreshed. Right. So some of that advice, like that advice he gave, I know who you talk about. I I felt like it was bogus. I was like, that's bogus advice because people work hard. People end up having a heart attack, you know, or they work so hard they have illnesses and they can't enjoy. Like what was his name, Steve Jobs, and mm -hmm. he was the smartest man, the richest man, but you know he died, right? So right. they didn't take that money with him. Money can't I'm go with you. And it, and I would and I want to find that I I think he actually you know sometimes they post stuff and they claim someone said it so I don't want to actually I'm not I'd have to verify if he really said it but I could have sworn there was even a statement he made saying you know I've done all these things but you know I'm still dying you know like right and that is one way to look at it you know and ironically my health was affected when I worked for an employer because of the level of stress I was under. So that's something, like I said, I'm being transparent that I've had to look at currently because I have asthma and I'm also severely anemic. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, I still brought some of my bad work habits <laughs> along with me as an entrepreneur because I'm like, I used to work 24-7 and, and, you know, when I work for an employer to the point I'm like, oh God, like I'm exhausted. And I'm like, I've always had this theory where if I'm going to stress myself, I'll stress myself over my own business. And I had to take a step back recently. Like, you know, that's not a good way to look at things either. Like you really shouldn't. It doesn't matter if I have a heart attack with someone else or my business, I'll still be dead. You know, so I've had to look at that recently. Like, okay, you need to kind of scale back. And it's always good to be hungry. And I do think I'm slightly hyperactive. I'm always, you know, trying to do something. But there is a fine line, you know, do you have any tips on, and I think one of the things, the key things in order, because I know you mentioned working on a schedule. Do you have any tips though for people who are trying to figure out, okay, I know I need to form a schedule. I know I need to organize, but I don't know where to start. Like, do you have any tips on just how to just get on a regimen or just how to be more organized? Because one thing about a lot of entrepreneurs they're working by themselves. They really don't have, you know, any help or anyone to lean on, no assistance or whatever. So I think that's one right. important thing. Like, you know, how can that one person that's doing these businesses, you know, because some people have several different gifts. Like I'm doing several things. Like how can you right. find the balance to, like what's the key to organization? Because I think that's the main thing that people need. Like, I, I'm going to be so honest with you. I mean, so it's been years I've been working my businesses. 
And it took me years to really get a good fine balance. To the point now today, like they kind of run itself because the type of stuff I choose things that I know won't I you know that won't take that much of my time. I like to do work that's virtual work. So even with the social security uh, business. My clients are all over the U.S., so it's virtual. Then I have a process serving business. Those clients who come to me to do work for them, they're coming to me from all over the U.S., and I'm dealing with them through email and mail and stuff like that, you know. And then now this new business is, is virtual, and some of it is in person. But when I first decided, you know, okay, you need a schedule, you need to figure this out, I actually took an actual calendar, and I wrote down, this day, you know, I'll do, you know, the days I would work from what hour to what hour, what days I would have off, what days I would go out and volunteer. And that's what I did. Did I always stick to the schedule? I'll be lying if I told you I did. But that schedule helped me to form some type of, like, system where I have an actual system. So, like, on Mondays, I go out, I volunteer, I come back home about 3 o'clock, and I work. Tuesdays, normally... Um, is my end day. And now that I'm dealing with some things I have to do with, like family stuff, I may go up and visit my parents, and then I come home, I work. Wednesdays, I go and volunteer during the day. And then, you know, you know, I, I believe in God, and I know without God I wouldn't have none of this, so I go and I, I go worship at night on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I go out and volunteer. Friday, I'll get two. And those two days, I come home and I go ahead and I work. Saturday, Sunday, uh-uh, I don't work on Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Unless I do, like, a vending event that someone invited me to, but I had not. I don't work on Saturday and Sunday. Those are the days that is for me. You know what I do? Once I'm home, I'm in the bed, you went to my Netflix, or watch <laughs> it. And my, fa- my favorite thing is mm-hmm. people think I'm crazy. I love Korean dramas. Because I feel okay. like I'm just sitting there reading it, and it's like my brain is, for some reason, it just helps me relax. I sit and I watch some little Korean dramas. And I sit and I chill, and I'm able to get me a little break. And then Monday come again, I'm back at my schedule. So mm. I want to start with, you know, just writing down the schedule and looking at it. Right. And going from there, and then you'll build your own routine because you want to figure it out. Because you might change that schedule several times until you have a routine of this is what fits me. Because everything mm. don't fit everybody. Right, right, right. But you'll, you'll, you'll figure out your routine. Once you probably write your schedule maybe several times, because I know I've written my schedule several times, and now I feel like I have a system in place where what works for me now, is, is it helps me. That is awesome, and that does make sense. And like I said, that's one thing I'm trying to get balance on because I think that's a good way to look at things. Just, you know, you have your business treated as if you're going to work, but everyone needs to take some time off, and that's some very good advice. So another thing I wanted to discuss, so when you started your businesses, and I know we kind of touched on it about um, some people think they have to have like a ton of money to start a business. Do you think that the average, you know, the average person just sitting at home, you know, that was working or decides to leave their job, whatever they choose to do. Do you find that a person does need like a, like about in general, do you think it's possible? I guess is the best way to phrase that to start a business and maybe not have as much money. Let's say there's a person that really has some good ideas. They're sitting on a good dream. What would you say to them if they're saying, oh, well, you know, I have this dream. I really, truly want to start this business, but I just simply, I don't think I can afford to do this. Like, do you have any, you know, key points of motivation that just kind of tell them what they could do, like how they could start off? I just got three words. I would be like, go for it. Mm. And the reason why I say go for it, because you never know what's going to happen with it. If they're trying to start a storefront, I can see why they would be, you know, worrying about getting money. If they're starting from home, if you're starting that business from home and you cut, you have an idea, you start with the little things, get the little things you need, put your idea in play, start, you know, with some of your friends and let them know what, what you want to do, you know, just get that idea out there. Get it started because while you sitting on that, somebody else probably already somewhere else came up with the same idea and they getting it started. And then you're going to say, I wish I went ahead and done it. Go for it. There's no need to keep sitting on it if you can go for it. And everything don't take a lot of money. That's true. Some people want to work and still build their business. It's nothing wrong with that. That's their choice. You know, some people don't have to because their business may not require them to because it may be a business does, that does not require any money up front. Some people do need capital. 
So I do understand. But if you don't need a large amount of capital, go for it. Don't sit on it. Go for it. That is excellent advice. What do you, what's your take on oversaturated markets? Um, I know that, so Super Cent, yeah, I'm obviously from New Orleans, Louisiana, and, you know, we have a lot of locals out here who have done some awesome things with their businesses. Um, so Super Cent, the CEO of the Cram case, she has an awesome video where she says, you know, a lot of people are thinking that a market that they're interested in is oversaturated. And so she says, you know, don't look at it that way because she's like, let's say so-and-so has this particular business. Let's say they have a boutique and you're thinking, oh, well, I, don't, I can't start a boutique because Jane has a boutique. And she made a point like, okay, well, this person may not have what somebody needs and they'll go to you and buy, you know, and so on and so forth. But do you have any, what's your take on that? Because you know, sometimes people look at a business like, well, everyone's doing that. Me personally, yeah. I look at it like, well, so, you know, like I do shirts. I mean, yeah, everyone does shirts, but I didn't look, yeah. I didn't come into it looking at, looking at it that way. Cause if so, I would have literally never started, but do you have, what's your take on oversaturated markets? I agree with what she said. Um, people look at the market being oversaturated. Oh, this person, everybody's doing this. I don't want to do this. It's too much of this or that. But yeah, but you know, guess what? Susie may not like what, what the other store have. It might like what you have, you know, or somebody else may come and like what the other store have. And I may not like, like your stuff. You don't know that. That's why you can't worry about the market being oversaturated. If the market was oversaturated, my goodness, then the hair market is super oversaturated because everybody and their mama sell hair. But people are making money from it. And, you know, I always use hair as an example because I, when I was a kid, I was a little kitchen beautician. I used to do hair in my bedroom and charge people. Um, if you look at it, though, come on, a lot of people are hairstylists. They know how to do hair. They're still in business. And I always look at that, too, as an example, you know. But I think, like I said, I think we mentally talk ourselves out of things. And I always... You know, this podcast started last August. I try to just speak to people who have a dream because I'm really big on, like you said, just go for it. Why not? That's my saying all the time. Why not try it? Just like everybody and their mama has a podcast now. I I said, well, I'm going to do mine. I'm going to join them. You know, that's the way I look at it. Like, I'll join a team of people that all have the same thing. Why not? We all have a special talent and a special gift. But I really feel like a lot of people are sitting on million dollar, you know, dreams, but they're really saying, oh, well, everyone else does it and they are not going for it. You know, and I really think it's Mm -hmm. all in your mind sometimes when we talk ourselves out of things and everything is worth a try is the way I look at it. So um, it's a mindset. It is really a mindset. And And once that person get in their mindset of I this is what I want to do. I, you know, don't worry about what everybody else is thinking. What you want to do and have the confidence, then they can make some strides because I've done a lot of podcasts and each one has been different. Mm. I can't compare one to the other. So, and and all of them to me are successful. I I like your podcast. I like the other ones I did. I got other ones coming up. They're all different. Right. But everybody are doing podcasts and I love them. I think, I think it's a good thing to do. Look, if I was into that, I would do a podcast too, but I'm too lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I got enough work on my hands. Right. <laughs> but that's the way I look at it. Cause, and don't get me wrong, the, you know, that negativity will, will go into your head sometimes. There's moments where I said to myself, well, you sure you want to do a podcast? You know, everybody else is doing it. You know, it's like the just like the little angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other one telling you, you know, trying to talk you out of stuff. You know, but... Once again, I feel like, hey, so what if markets are oversaturated? I'm also a makeup artist on the side. Anyone that's on Instagram mm-hmm. knows that there's probably about a trillion makeup artists on, you know, social media. And it is what it is. Everyone has their own market base and everyone can get their own set of clients. Why not? You know, sometimes I think people who are afraid about oversaturated markets, sometimes a person's going to go to you simply because your location. And I I don't think some people factor that in. Like, there is a need for you no matter what. 
So um, that being said, too, I want to kind of segue into what's your take on just networking and promoting? Like, I feel like networking is super important. I mean, most of the people that I've been meeting lately has just simply been on networking, just simply on social media, actually. And I know social media can be a blessing and a curse, but I do feel like there are some benefits of it. What's your take on networking via social media? I love, I love Instagram. I, Facebook, I'm still kind of like, I don't really care for it. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I do what I can with Facebook. But Instagram, I love networking on Instagram. I've met a lot of people, you know, done a lot of things with different ones because of networking. Networking is huge because sometimes it puts you in a market or area where you would have never thought that, you know, you would deal with. It can get, it can get you customers or clients or people who would have never even looked at you before, you know, so... Networking is very huge, even in your own area. A lot of people don't think about the networking in their own area or just dealing with, um, you know, because they have different uh, little different chapters where they have network meetings. People don't do that. But in your own area, you can network, too. And it just helps. I agree. And I'm just like you. We have a lot in common. I love Instagram, actually, because I look at it on the business aspect. You know, I have my personal Instagram, but I also have my business one. There are certain things you would not catch me ever posting on my business Instagram page. That is one thing I kind of wish some people would kind of take slightly more seriously. Like I, there's certain things I'm, I would never post on my pers- on my business Instagram page, you know, because I have marketed so much on that page and I've met quite a bit of people. I mean, really good connections just networking on Instagram. I'll have businesses I've never even heard of that'll tag me on things and we'll chit chat. And it's been very effective. Um, I really think, yeah, now I'm the same way. Something about Facebook. I just, I don't know. Instagram just seems number. It's just more convenient. And I don't know, I guess, I don't know if it's an age thing. I'm just really not, I don't actually don't promote my business on Facebook for some strange reason. I just, I'm not comfortable yet. Maybe, you know, down the line, I'll get there, but Instagram is my number one source to network, meet people, talk about my podcast products, and I've met so many people. Facebook is slightly different, but I haven't, you know, gained... It's so different. Like, on, even on Instagram, like, if people who are used to seeing me post, if they don't see me post for a couple of days, they're in my DMs. People who I network with, checking on me, sending me posts, you know, seeing if I'm okay, stuff like that. But on Facebook, so much fake stuff has happened, like right. people trying to, you know, I just like, I can't do Facebook because it's hard to really figure it out with some things. With mm-hmm. Instagram, you pretty much can figure out if somebody's fake or something to me real quick. Right. You know, but Facebook, it's like, you, you got to go through the motions to figure out, okay, is this real? Is this business? You know, is this somebody trying to just be in my DMs? Right. I I just I'm not a fan of Facebook for some reason. Um, And I just think Instagram is so simple, too. I think it's user friendly. I think for one, Um, that alone for me is it just makes it simple. Just posting little things, you know, just I I really, really, really love it a lot. Facebook, like I said, I I don't even want my business on Facebook currently. Um, I had to do it only because of Instagram. Like something I was trying to do, I think it was a promotion or something that they offer. Like you have to have a Facebook business page. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) like I just haven't been hyped up about Facebook yet. Um, I have read in other things that they said that, you know, consider Facebook as an avenue for your business. And like I said, down the line, maybe I'll get to that comfort level. But currently, I just prefer Instagram. Something about Facebook is really fake to me, too. You know, it's just Instagram is just a little different for me for some strange reason. Um, speaking of you, now, mm-hmm. I was going to say, if you notice now with Instagram and in Facebook, like they're whatever they're doing, they're making it kind of hard to like put yourself out there because they want us to purchase advertising and stuff like that, which I think purchasing advertising really is good for your business. You should put some money into advertising because you bring more clientele. But is this Instagram is changing? They've changed a lot of things. Right, they are. Have you noticed that? I have noticed, like every time I click on certain things, it'll mention a promotion thing. Um, which I tried it once, 
it was okay. Um, I didn't think it made a huge difference, quite frankly. So I haven't entertained it any further, like trying to do that promotion stuff. It just, I don't know, it just hasn't, I just felt like it hasn't made a difference. I gain new followers mm-hmm. literally every single day. Um, right. And I will say a part of my day is I'm heavily on Instagram um, because, like I said, I do do a lot of networking on it. I've gained followers for the podcast on there. Hashtagging, which my kids actually put me onto the hashtagging because I, I have three kids, but two of them, I always jokingly call them as millennials, um, my two teenagers. And they mentioned to me like, well, you need to hashtag on your post. And I'm like, what? You know, so they explained to me like just hashtagging and I've seen it on other um, network feeds where they're mentioning, you know, the power of hashtagging and hashtagging actually does work. Um, I found things just um, searching and pulling up on hashtags just on the search engine on Instagram. And I know adding hashtags has gained me some followers and I've actually gotten like actual faithful clients off Instagram subscribers for the podcast. So it really is effective. So that's one tool that I really do like. Um, speaking of, you know, the whole social media and networking. And this kind of ties into the same conversation. So what's your take on ways to promote your business? Because like we just covered, you know, like for me personally, and I know you just mentioned, I'm not a big Facebook person, honestly. What are other tools do you think? And that could also include social media because I promote my business a lot on Instagram. What um, are different avenues that you think are effective for people to promote their business, you know, to get their name out there? Well, one way I would say is the Internet. Like a lot of people take for granted Google. Um, Google used to have, I don't know what it's called now, but it's like Google Places uh, where you can put your business on Google for free. And what you do and kind of put in there, you know, and when people will pull up looking for different things, suppose you were a hair supplier and you type in hair supplier, you know, and they're looking for it in Baton Rouge. And then maybe somebody's name will come up, mm-hmm. you know. So Google is like the number one. I'm going to tell you something. I did this. It's what, 2009. So what, what is this? Like 11 years now or whatever. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. how many years it's been now. I stuck myself in there when they, they go to type in for a uh, process server in the area I live in, I come up number one. Oh, wow. uh, when they go to type in for something with social security or disability, I come up, my company come up at number one because I put myself in there in different sites. They also have, and people don't know, like where you can put yourself on different websites and uh, like you can, like you will Google to find like free websites to add your business on. Cause there are free ones that you can add your business and what you do and your website, the link and everything. And then they bring you up on the internet where people will find you. Also too, I do stuff like I have, um, what is it called? Where I have to, I pay for subscriptions to like, um, so pro- process serving. I'm on NAPS. It's like mm-hmm. national process server server. So I pay for subscription this yearly where people can find me because okay. it's worth it. Some things are worth investing in. Uh, with social security, I didn't have to pay for that. They actually, they actually promote me for free, but it's good to be promoted somewhere um, that will get you out there and people will see you. And now I'm also on social media. And so those are things that I do so that I'm promoted and I get, I get a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of work from the places that I have set put my um, business advertised on. What do you think, um, and I know like now the new craze is pop-ups. Um, I even hosted one in December and it just, everyone, once again, a lot of people are doing it. And I think sometimes people, once again, they, they, they're too busy, I guess, focusing on what the other person is doing. Um, I think pop-ups are an excellent idea. What's your take on the power of pop-ups? I like them. Um, I, I really, I want to do one. I would like to do one. I like them. And I think that that's a good, you know, is this something good because it's putting your business out there? I like pop-ups. I, I see a lot of them in Atlanta, though. Um, not in my area. I'm in Delaware. Mm-hmm. I don't see it in my area so much, but in Atlanta. I feel like Delaware is like a, it's an okay market, but it's slow. 
Mm. But like when you when you go towards Philadelphia, it's bigger, you know, towards the city, or you go toward, towards DC because that's the two areas I will go towards. You know, stuff like that is bigger in those areas. But I love pop ups. It's just in my area we don't they don't do that. Right. I think pop ups are an excellent idea. You know, like I said, I. So in December, I did like a women's empowerment brunch, which was kind of centered on just because I know everyone this year is doing a Vision 2020 pop-ups and empowerments, things like that. My idea was to do mine in December because I wanted to kind of catch people before 2020 started because some people are big on New Year's resolutions. So I'm like, you know, I wanted to do mine a little differently um, in December to kind of catch people just to say, hey, you know, whatever you're eyeing at for 2020 you know, hey, here's some tools to just get you motivated. That's, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do, if you're trying to start your business, if you're trying to do some changes in your health, whatever it is, you can do it. You know, we did the pop-up, which it was cool. It was very small scale. I do plan to do another one, like an actual bigger one, probably towards the summer or maybe late fall, because it's something I want to like actually spend months in doing on a bigger scale. But it's a very good idea. And once again, networking to me is like one of the biggest things you can do with a business. You want to make sure that you network. And I met people just in that pop-up that I hosted, you know, just people contacting me that wanted to participate, you know, that I still communicate with. And it was a great thing, you know, just to meet new people, just to connect with business. There was a pop-up that I had participated in um, maybe, I don't know, three, four months ago, just as a vendor. And I only sold like one thing. It was very small. It, the attendance wasn't, you know, humongous, but the networking was priceless because <laughs> I met so many people that I'm still connected with. So that part was like, okay, you know, even though this was a small situation, I ended up meeting other business people that I still, you know, talk to at the time and I also learned how to be prepared for the next one as a vendor because that one I was completely unprepared because I had never participated as a vendor so I was kind of clueless what to do but I definitely encourage people you know that they have a business try to go to those pop-ups if you can't if you even if you can't be a vendor it's still it's still worthy worthy to go to them you know just to be a part of it and to get some ideas on what you can do next as a vendor, you know, even if you want to host one. So I think pop-ups are just like an excellent idea more than anything. Yeah, I, ha- I had a young lady at Miss Naturally Classy. I think that's her uh, Instagram name, Miss Naturally Classy. Yeah, she is the one who took me to like a vending thing. And so my first time as a vendor, it was so awkward. I'm like, what in the world? It was it was awkward, but it was fun learning how to set it up, to get it together, figuring it out, so that when I did the next one, I was ready. So I I'm definitely down for like being a vendor. I I didn't know how much fun it could be. Mm-hmm. And and it's money to be made. Like there is money to be made. That was my thing at the very first one I participated in. I was like a deer in headlights. I never participated in one. Um, I didn't know what to set up. Anything. <laughs> like I was completely unprepared. And my um, my son was 10 at the time. He came with me, you know, and this was at this nice, ritzy little place, but he came with me as my air quotes worker. He was hustling my accessories better than I was. People coming to the table, and he's like, look, they're two for 25. I'm just like, whoa, you know, like, I guess I taught him pretty well. And he's like, you know, I had brought some jewelry with me. Like, I also do, well, at the time I was doing bracelets too. But they had someone else, and I mean, she did bracelets. Her table was set up beautifully. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not going to put mine there. My son, all night, you need to put more things on the table. I'm like, we're good (laughs) with the earrings currently because I'm like, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And I I really, truly wasn't prepared. But it still was, I was so happy I went, though, after I left because Mm -hmm. I knew what to do for the next time. And that's the thing, too. You kind of got to be naked about some of these things when you're starting out. Everything's not going to come out perfectly. Even these podcasts, I don't even think I want to listen to some of my first ones. I actually deleted the very first one. You know, I'm like, I don't need to keep this anymore. You know, because I'm like, I'm like, do I really want people listening to this? And once I started gaining subscribers, I was like, ew, let me get rid of this like ASAP. You know, but... 
everything you have to start off somewhere you know that's just part of the whole journey in evolving and you know expanding like you have to start off somewhere so even though that particular vendor situation I literally when I say I had no idea what I was doing I didn't even know in my mind how much I wanted to charge for some of the things I just was completely unprepared but you know I still it was priceless to go because I still have to this day I made some lasting connections and it was worth it you know just to be a part of and I definitely know what not to do and what to do for the next one same with the pop-up I hosted it was very small and that's what I wanted because I was new at it. And I'm like, I'm not about to, you know, and I'm all for people taking risks, but doing it alone for me was the risk enough. And I'm like, I want it to be small. And I looked at it on purpose. Like this is going to be my blueprint. So I'm going to see how this turns out. So I know what to do and what not to do the next time. And we had a good little turn up. Like I said, I already looked at it, that it was going to be small. We had a good turnout so I know what to do for the next one, six months down the line, which I definitely wanted on a way bigger scale. But we also have speakers for empowerment, things of that nature. And for me, it was great, you know, because I got to learn, OK, this is what I'm going to do next time. And this is what I won't do, you know, but it all boils down to I feel like people just you just got to be just have that mind frame to just try it. But, you know, like I said, the pop ups themselves are great, but certain things I just feel like you just got to take a stab at it. If it doesn't work out the way you thought it would work, you just got to take those tools and figure out how to be better, you know, the next time. And that's a good point just in business in general. I've had a lot of highs and lows since I started out last March, but I don't regret an ounce of just doing this. There's sometimes I'm like, okay, what's my next move going to be? You know, how do I want to expand? And I also want to have several streams of income. So I actually want to do some other businesses that aren't really related to what I'm doing now with shirts and accessories, makeup, things like that. There's some things I just want to do outside of this just to have those several streams. But it's just good to always, you know, just to have an open mind, I think. Um, Yeah, true. So so let's say we're someone's listening. And as we mentioned kind of earlier, let's say, you know, they have in their mind, they have this, this dream or this idea and they're curious on how they can get it started. What do you think is like one of the first steps in starting your business? Are you like big on having a business plan, by for example? I think a business plan is good. Did I have a business plan when I started my first business? I did not. It wasn't after I, I started that I wrote out a business plan. So my business got started, then I wrote out a plan. But it's good to have a business plan. I always say the first step in with the business is figuring out exactly what you want to do and what market you're trying to reach for me, mm-hmm. because then you, you know, you're really putting it in your mind that I'm really doing this and I'm trying to figure out how I'm, how am I going to make money? Because you want to know what market you, you can't say, I'm going to do this and I'm just trying to get to everybody. And you want to, you want to have a niche. You need a niche. If you don't have one, then it's hard to really get out there and sell your product or do your business and everyone needs one. So that should be like the first thing you think about is what's my product? Who, who am I trying to reach? And then what, what do you want to name your business too? That that's another good thing. The name of your business. Mm, that is true. I kind of went through, I feel like my business has three names. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't like my Instagram. I changed my Instagram name at least six times because I was like, I, I named it one thing and I'm like, Ooh, I don't want that. I kept changing it. It took me forever to settle on Queens Luck Collection, which I don't even think, which I love, but I don't think a lot of people know the background of that. I mean, obviously the brand is go queen, but I, I just didn't like it. For some reason, naming an Instagram Go Queen, I just was like, I don't like this. So Queens LA really stands for Queens and LA for Louisiana, because obviously this is my hometown, you know. So well, and that's nice. Well, you know, I changed my name because it was I am Deidre Smith, but mm-hmm. I was like, 
okay, but I want something that kind of fits me. And I'm still right. putting out all this stuff talking about entrepreneurs. So I just changed my name to the entrepreneur chick. I didn't care who liked it, who didn't like mm-hmm. it. I liked it. Right. So, and that was my same thing with, you know, Queen's Love Collection. It just, I just, it took forever for something to stick. Because it got to the point where I was like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. Like, when I changed it, like, the third time, I'm like, people are probably going to be like, really? <laughs> like, why does she keep changing this? But I just couldn't. I just needed something that was seen to me. And collection works perfectly for me because I don't just do shirts. So... I didn't want it, you know, I was like, what else can I name this? So, and then when I started doing earrings, it got to the point when everyone just kept thinking all I did was earrings. I'm like, oh, you know, I also did these shirts that were successful before I decided. And once that was just like a light bulb situation, I wanted to do something that was kind of simpler to have for vendorship things, things like that. And I felt accessories was just something quicker for me to access and to create. So that's how I got into, you know, the earrings, which was successful. But I was like, well, there's other things I want to do under the whole Gold Queen brand. So when collection came in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is perfect. This is perfect. You know, and I'm always big on shouting out, you know, my hometown, you know, New Orleans, things of that nature. So I was like, okay, Queen's Law, I thought it was perfect and it sounded feminine and cute, you know, but it took, when I say it took forever, for me to come up with that. And then, mind you, the website is Queen's Arrogance, which I like that too, because I have the whole notion of, you know, wear your crown boldly. So that's where that came from. But I'm kind of struggling with those three names because the shirts are go Queen. It all, you know, stems from the whole thing with Queendom. But I'm like, okay, I may want to narrow this down to just one thing because I don't want to confuse anyone. But it's not easy, you know, naming your business, you know. Um, and I know you said you you started out without the business plan. Do you think it's necessary for people to have a business plan? Or do you think, like you said, down the line, maybe like you don't necessarily have to start with it. But once you get rolling to just kind of write some things down in the future, or do you think it's necessary for people to have a mission statement? I think it's smart to have a business plan. Even if it's a few couple of words on what your plan is, it's smart to have one because then you're giving yourself something to work with. Mm. Because if you don't, then you're all over the place. Right. So you like you like you said, you started out with what shirts, right? And mm-hmm. then you add it to it and you add it to it. Mm-hmm. You know. But it's smart to have a business plan because you need it. And you need a direction to go and it's like an arrow pointing you to this way. Right. So, that business plan is important because um, I, I started without it, but it worked out for me as a fluke because my business started not because so I just, I, it actually started because I made a phone call to ask a question about something. Mm-hmm. And these people thought that I was trying to um, get involved with the social security program. And mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was just <laughs> asking a question mm-hmm. and it was like, Oh, you calling because you, want to your business want to help be a it's called an employment network and i was like um uh-huh 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 and they transferred me and that's how that got started so before i even wrote a business plan i was they helped me get started and get a contract with the government and after that you know then i had to write out a plan and what i would be doing within my company so doing that for social security is just one part of what i do but it's a whole it's, it's a whole company but i had to write a business plan so I can have an arrow into what direction I'm pointing because I can't be all over the place. Mm. And so therefore I have other businesses that do other things and they're specifically for those things. So you definitely need a business plan because you need an arrow. Right. Right. You got to know which direction you're going in. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. What do you think? Um, and I know you definitely have a lot of experience in just different um different genres that you've worked in for businesses. Do you think there's like, and I know we touched on, there's some that you can, businesses that you can start with virtually, you know, no startup costs. What's your take on, what do you think would be, and I hate to use the word easy, but what do you think would be, let's say there's someone who they may not necessarily know how they want to get started, but they just know they want to start working independently for themselves. Are there certain um, areas that you think are, and I like I said, I don't want to use the word easy. <laughs> are there certain areas that you think a person can start a business 
if they're if they're thinking about starting something, let's say they really don't have the funds, they don't really know what idea they want to go. Do you know like the certain lines of business? I guess maybe the best term to use that is yeah somewhat simpler. And like I said, I hate to use the word easier, simple because nothing's easy. But is, are there certain lines of business that maybe that person who you know they don't necessarily have the idea, but they want to work for themselves that they could that they should consider, I guess is the best way. Just like I recently read that there are certain franchises, if someone's interested in that, that you can start for like 10 grand, you know, so there's ways to do things that don't cost as much. But let's say someone is just sitting at, you know, they want to work from home. They want to start their own business, but they may not have a talent in place or a gift in place, but they know that they want to work from home. Like what lines of businesses do you find are more feasible, I guess, for the average person to start, per se, if they don't necessarily have the idea of their own? I would say, like, stuff that has to do with products, maybe hair, stuff like that, because now you have drop shipping. Mm. So you don't actually have to have the product in hand. Mm. You don't need the product. You can have a website. People are ordering. So, and you're doing drop shipping. You send, you send over to your to the person that you buy from what you, what you need, they ship it to the person, you pay them, and you get your cut of the money. So drop shipping, like with hair, you know, makeup, the clothes, all that, that is a good thing to get into if you find a good drop shipper and you don't have to have capital up front. You, need, you know, you can just have a website or something like that, a little bit of money. Or people, some people are good at, um, you know, they may be in the field of coaching or stuff like that, coaching. You know, you don't have to have a lot of capital to start up front unless you have a business front. You know, so everybody don't have a business front. Some people do it virtually. You know, that don't cost a lot of money. It's a lot of businesses. Uh, like I said, I do process serving. Me starting that up did not cost me a lot of money. I did have an office front when I first started. But because it was so much work uh, going into the office and having a secretary and all that, I ended up just working from home with it i closed that down but it wasn't a it wasn't money that i had to put into it really except for to pay the the rent for the office to get started because people were paying me to go do a bit a service for them so it's a lot of things out here to get started in but that that person who wants to get started needs to figure out what it is they want to do what do they like to do you know, what, what's their patient range? And some people are not patient, you know, so certain things you should not do if you don't have patience. Let me tell you, I used to sell hair. I don't have the patience for it. Now, I didn't <laughs> do the drop shipping. I would order it in bulk. It would come to me. I sold it off Amazon, and I made good money. Mm -hmm. But I didn't like that I was stuck in one place, boxing this stuff up, mailing it out. It drove me nuts. Right. So I just asked, I gave it to one of my daughters and told her, look, if you want to do it, then you do it, you know. And I, I gave him the plug on it. The, you know, people that they can buy the hair from. And so, you know, some of my daughters, they sell hair. But I just, it just wasn't for me. So right. some things is not for everybody. That was not for me. Mm. Do you think it is possible to... So I know some people, they want to start a business, but, you know, they're kind of afraid to leave that nine to five. And some people choose not to. Do you think it's possible to juggle both or do you, you know, that's kind of like a broad question, but like for me personally, yeah. because of my situation with my children and my health, like I literally could not, even now, like I can't do a traditional nine to five and work my business. I'm not saying that's for everyone, but I literally couldn't. Um, do you think there's an either or like, you know, is that ideal for people to just say, hey, well, I'm just going to totally do all of this by myself? Or should there be steps to people who, let's say they work a nine to five and they want to start a business? And I know a lot, I, a lot of times I look at how do they do it? How? What's your tips for people who are working a nine to five and they are working a business? Because a lot of people I know, they still do that. And they said it's extremely hard. Do you have any insight on how they can possibly juggle both and stay sane? Yeah, it is it is hard because um it's hard to do both but they need to actually have a plan in place of how long they plan on continuing to work if they're doing it because they're trying to have money set aside for their business they need to have a plan in place um because it is hard to juggle both some people say oh i'm gonna just quit the job and start the business and the business may not take off how they want to and that's why some people stay in their job right they, it's, everybody is different, though. I, I have to say it's really no set answer for that mm, because right. I know 
I was working um, in my job. I never worked. I've never worked a nine to five. Once I started working out of my home when I was working for those companies, I worked at my own schedule because that's the type of person I was. I found jobs who wanted me to work from home. It was full time work, but I made my own schedule. Mm. And because because of that, I was able to, you know, try to start working on building my own business or, you know, doing other things. So it's, it's a new world out here. People are working from home for companies virtually doing like customer service. You know, they're, you know, Amazon drivers, people, it's stuff that you can do on the side that don't take up your time all day from right. nine to five. You can make your own schedule. So it's a new world out here. If you have to work, Find something that's flexible that will fit you while you try to build your brand. Right. I know a lot of friends, they do Lyft and Uber. I've done it. I mean, there's so many different things to just do sometimes just to get your extra cash flow going. And even working from home, I actually had a job at one point where I worked from home. Only setback with that one was I couldn't do my own schedule. So I was still like, oh my God, like this is just like sitting in the office I actually was working more because because we didn't have the we didn't we weren't able to do our set schedule but extra work was piled on so we're actually working more hours so that was one dilemma but I definitely think people need to look into hey you know there's other things you could do too like because for me personally like I said I couldn't do both I couldn't do like a traditional job in my business there's literally not enough time in a day for me personally um but you know there's also part-time jobs you know if you need that steady income to come in that I think people should consider there are definitely a lot of work from home jobs where you truly can work on your own schedule you know because sometimes like you said it's that incubation period where you start a business the money quite frankly and that's in my experience is not going to roll in immediately you know so depending on people's situation where they have money saved whatever the case may be some people can't walk away easily so you know I I definitely understand that but I know it's really hard so I always just whenever I talk to people that have experience in business I always ask them you know like what do they think about that because it seems like it's so hard to do both and like I said I personally couldn't but I know that that's not ideal for everyone some people just don't you know, they don't agree with leaving your job. So, and I get it. But like I said, for me personally, I just couldn't. They have to recognize too, even if they start their own business, that there will be good years and you may have a bad year. And that's just in business period. Right. You know, even big, even big businesses, you know, go through it. We see the market go up, go down for different companies. So it's just about mindset. Okay. You know, I know this is going to happen. Let me prepare for this. You know, I'm going to keep going. They just have to have a good mindset and just confidence that I'm just going to keep going. This is what I want to do. And they got to push forward and go for it. I definitely agree. I think the key term for this one was is go for it. I may name, name this podcast first is going to be go biz. I think I may name it go for it. Like, why not? Yeah. You know, because I'm so big on the whole notion of why not. So I definitely want to round out the episode. We've talked some, yeah, I mean, you've said some awesome things, but um, I want to give you the floor to end the episode. If, like I said, and, and you know, I've mentioned this quite a few times during the podcast, if there is someone listening who, you know, they're sitting on a dream basically, and they're just trying to figure out where should they start, but they just need that motivation. Can you say something to motivate that one person that could be listening that they have a million dollar dream and they don't even realize it, but they just need that motivation to get into their mind to get up and get going. Like, what would you say to them? Get up and just stop sitting on your dream. Like other people are thinking about the same thing you're doing and probably getting started at it. And here you're sitting there losing money. Take a chance because it either will work or it won't work. And you're not going to find that out unless you go for it and get it done. I will also encourage, because I, 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 a lot of people reach out to me through Instagram, and I don't even really mind, and they'll ask me questions about stuff. Reach out to me at the Entrepreneur Chick, you know, in my DMs or whatever. I, you know, I give a little advice, because I feel like everybody needs help. Everybody needs encouragement. Someone helped me. I wouldn't be here today if someone hadn't helped me. People help me all the time. I go to people for advice. I'm not saying that I, I don't know everything, and no one can know everything. So go for it. Don't sit on it. Is, is that's your dream don't let people talk you out of it don't let people tell you you can't do it 
you can do it. Just just go for it. Just go for it. I love it. And tell people how they can find you. Can you give people um your Instagram handle? Let me see. If I think it is uh is the underscore entrepreneur entrepreneurial underscore chick. Okay, and is it C H I C? Yeah. Okay, and when I post um, the episode on the page, I'll definitely be tagging you so people can find you. Um, once again, thank you so much, Miss Deirdre Smith. I really appreciate everything you've said. It inspired me. Like I said, I'm still, I feel like I'm still a baby at this, even though like this is my second business, but this is a whole different ball game from a decade no, ago. you do good. You inspire me. I see you all the time. You do very good. <laughs> thank you. And that's the whole, that's the whole thing about, the whole Q chat, the Queen's Law collection, Gold Queen is just to inspire one another. Like I said, I love just, I'm big on wearing our power on the shirts, but it's more than shirts, it's more than, you know, earrings. It's also about if someone can just go to my news, my um, Instagram feed or your Instagram feed or other people that I've talked to and just feel some level of motivation and empowerment that's a job well done for me. You know, that's, that's one of the main things. I just want people to just feel good about themselves and realize that whatever's in their heart, they don't have to have these big grand things to get it going. All they have to do is look in the mirror and that's who it starts with. You can do anything that your mind sets you to. And I will say that every single day, you know, whatever it is you want to do and don't ever think that dream is far fetched Don't ever think it's oversaturated. Don't think you don't have the money. Like, I'm the last person to talk to if you're trying to doubt yourself because I'm going to say the exact opposite. No, you can do it. Oh, you don't have no money? Okay, if you're trying to do a storefront, oh, well, guess what? You need to start online at home and drop ship. I'm going to give you everything to to talk you into doing something. I'm not going to talk you out of it. So that's always my thing. That person telling you no is telling you no because they can't do it. Exactly. Don't listen to them. Listen to yourself. Right. So some people, they, they like you said, they can't do it. They don't have the creativity that you have. They don't have the energy to spark. They don't have your spirit. So they're, yeah, they're going to tell you not to do it. You know, so that's why you got to get in the right company to motivate you to move forward. So I'm definitely going to name this episode. Go for it. I feel inspired. Like I said, just listening to you and anyone that has been listening right now. I used to always in my podcast, the past few podcasts have been slightly different, but I want to go back to my typical format where I would end it and say, you know, whatever stage that you're in in life, whether you're sitting in a period right now where you're sitting on the dream, you don't know where to start. Let's say you have started your business and you've had some highs and lows and you're kind of trying to figure out, okay, how should I move forward? Or whether you're a seasoned business owner and you've been doing this for quite some time and you're a veteran, whatever season that you're in, definitely love yourself, but also reach out to other people. Cause just like we, me and Miss Deirdre just had a talk and I just said she inspired me and she just said she picked up some things from my page reach out to one another because your friend that wants to start the business, she really may have some serious fears and it may really help motivate her to talk to someone to get that inspiration. Talk to your friend that has a business that just started. Go check on them. They may really just need that pat on the back and say, you know what, girl, I've been looking at your Instagram and boo, I love it. You know, you're doing a good job. That that little thing that you think doesn't mean anything can mean the world to somebody that other friend that you know that has a business that's been in business for years check on them too and just say hey how's it going you know I just want to commend you because I see you've been doing this for quite some time and you still stand and I want to give you your props just make sure to encourage one another because it definitely means a lot so once again if anyone wants to log into the podcast you can go to www.queensarrogance.com just click on the computer icon and you'll see where it says our podcast that's how you can access the episodes and if you haven't subscribed please go to the podbean app and subscribe um, i have all the information on the instagram and thank you for joining the key chat thank you